Hi, and welcome to the Your Good News podcast with me, Catherine Getty. It's easy to believe the news around us that the world is dark and the future is the same. But what if we chose something different? What if we chose to find the good news in each day? This podcast is a collection of interviews with friends, mentors, colleagues on their good news. From business to health to politics and everything in between, it's my hope that you leave with a boost and find your good news. As Mentorship Month, or so I call it, continues, I want to end out this theme with another interview on how to gain mentors, how to accept or challenge their advice, and most importantly, the wisdom of just being nice and working hard. Today, we're joined by Mark Williams, and Mark and I met in D.C., and I was instantly struck by how dynamic he is. It's pretty easy to hear, as you'll hear shortly, how he seeks to build bridges. And our conversation circles around advice he got along the way. We touch not only on not being too rigid in the path you choose, being open to advice from mentors and asking for that help. Without further ado, my interview with Mark. Welcome back to another episode of the Your Good News podcast. I always begin asking the same question. So Mark, what's your good news today? Ooh, man, I got tons of it, I guess. I, you know, you, you woke up, you got breath in your lungs, but I got two healthy kids. I got a fantastic wife. I got a job that um, I can't believe they let me do. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm here in the nation's capital, kind of li- living a, a, a little bit of a dream that you know, I started having when I was 19 years old. So things aren't that bad. I wish the Texas Longhorns were a little bit better. That's <laughs> that's not good news. Um, they they lost in the NCAA tournament, but no, March Madness is going. The cherry blossoms are are blossoming, and it's happening. And we've got tourists back in DC. So I mean, all things considering, kind of where we've been the the, the past two years, it it seems to be all good news for me right now. Well, that's good to hear. And as a Gator fan who didn't even make March Madness, um, I think making the tournament, making the big dance, that's a great thing for the Longhorns. So you got that on the Gators. Well, and we hadn't, I didn't know this, but we hadn't won a tournament game in, let's say, a decade. So we had a new coach this year. We won one game in the in the big dance. So it's all gravy. I mean, that's amazing. Here we go. Yep. National championships next year. Hey, the it, <laughs> as a Gator fan, you know that expectations can get out of whack real oh. quickly. We think a coach is going to fix everything, but we could do an entire another podcast on Gators and Texas Longhorns. So we'll we'll save that for another day. But okay. I think you kind of eloquently talked about the dream of being in D.C. And so I'm going to set the stage for everyone that mentorship and I think advice on navigating a career and whatever it may be or balancing life is always something I think is really interesting. And I feel like listeners have been curious about. And so I love to set the foundation for you. You shared you'd always dreamed of this since you were 19 to be in DC. So give us a little bit of your background. I did a little in the pre-show prep, but want to hear it from from you. Yeah, no, it, it, it's crazy. I was never super, super into politics. Um, I started to, you know, see it, focus on it a little bit in college, but I wasn't a poli-sci major. I was an English and Spanish major only because those were the paths of least resistance to, to get out of college. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't consider myself a very robust college student. Um, Don't tell I, my parents. Right. But I got a, uh, 
I got a crazy intern. It wasn't even a crazy internship. My first internship in college, my one and only internship in college, I, and this was kind of when the, I'm dating myself now because it's kind of when the internet was starting to like really take hold. Um, I got a job for a company called Gallery Watch where I would sit in on committee hearings at the state capitol. I would annotate them. I would take it back to the office and then we would upload it on our newfangled website and people would pay pay for that. And Wait, I that's amazing. Yeah. And, and I remember being in the state house and there were, and I remember very, very clearly, there was a guy there that everyone kind of knew and he was able to interact with, you know, with staff and with members and with other people that were, that were dressed really, really nicely. And I, I would, I elbowed like my colleague, I was like, who's, who's this dude? And they're like, oh, well, he's a oil and gas lobbyist. And I was like, that's kind of what I want to be. I didn't know what a lobbyist was at the time <laughs> at, at all. I was just like, that, that seems like a good, good place for me to, to try and be. And, you know, it just kind of, kind of took off from there. I knew I wanted to come to DC. Um, I didn't have any kind of family connections at, at all. So I walked into my local congressman's office and I was like, I'm here to, to help. So my first job out of college wasn't really a job. It was a, another internship where I was putting out yard signs and organizing volunteers on a very small congressional race. And, you know, from there, they asked me to, to come up and I did that the way I like to phrase it. I did that so well that they were <laughs> like, hey, come up to D.C., answer phones and, and give tours. Like, oh, great. And of course, I loved it. I showed up into D.C. I had, you know, one suit. I had $500 in my pocket. I knew one person in town. And that was really it. It was, it was my, my kind of my only option was to, was to give this a go. So I slept on someone's couch and, you know, it just kind of, kind of took hold from there. It's funny, like, as I'm hearing you tell your story, it's funny how those little things of just taking, like, I would go, one of my first internships when I moved to DC was annotating for a firm, all the hearings and like getting all the key takeaways and sending it back or, you know, you saw someone who was doing a job you thought was really cool and you asked another question or you took an internship, another leap on an internship. I think it's, it's funny how those little moments or those little decisions can pay dividends down the road. Have you felt like, oh, it makes sense now how, how I've gotten to where I've gotten? Yeah. I wasn't one of those people that had anything figured out at all. It, Anyone I, I was, in DC says they do. Right. I question it. And I've had interns now that it, that have worked for me, and I see some of these folks that have it really figured out, and I'm hugely jealous of them. But my advice to them is like, you don't have to be so rigid in your planning. I was like, the best things that have ever come to me have been because I've I've worked hard at it, but that I've kept an open mind, and you know, with the with the people and the places that I've the people the people that I've met and the places that I that I've gone. When you're kind of seeking, you're like, okay, I want to be a lobbyist. Not sure what the definition of that is. I, I too, I watch West Wing and I was like, oh, I want to go to DC and do that. I had no idea what any of them did, but I knew I wanted to do it. So I have a similar, but I asked questions and started to get to know them. How did you kind of make these people an official mentor or unofficial and just kind of follow along in their careers? No, it it wasn't even a lobbyist that I think was my my first mentor, was my first chief of staff, and you know to this date I don't even think he knew that he was a mentor of mine. And so I tell people like at least have the conversation so people know. <laughs> but I I used kind of his 
his template as as mine, right? And I would ask him questions and kind of follow his lead on on what he had done. And I would, I mean, look, there we had a lot of similarities. We had very similar personalities. We both had gone to the the same university, um, so we and we were cut from from the same cloth, but. You know, now that I, I look back on it, I was like, I, I've, I've mirrored a lot of kind of what I've done after what he's done. And he, I mean, he's a great dude. So it, it makes sense that I would try and emulate a, a, a lot of what he had done previously. And I think you bring up a really interesting point on actually having the conversation of like, hey, I think of you as a mentor. Do you have any like tips or tricks that people could utilize? Because I think that sometimes people are afraid to have that conversation. And I've in my experience, people are more than willing to help you if you just ask them. Yep. Any any tips or tricks on that area? No, I, I tell everyone to to always try to be as open as possible in in those conversations. I go, but it's DC, and everyone likes to offer their opinion. I was like, yeah. so if if you ask for someone's opinion, especially in a mentorship role, I'm pretty sure that person is going to say yes. Yeah, and plus, if they said no. You don't want them as a mentor anyway. (laughs) It's so interesting though, like as I think navigating, and this is obviously a very DC centric conversation, but I think a lot of the lessons can be applied of seeing someone in a a similar career that you have interest in and asking questions or not being rigid with kind of those plans that you make for yourself and letting, I think life kind of has other, other plans along the way. Do you, have you had moments where you're like, I really appreciate that piece of advice. It just doesn't feel right in my gut. And how have you kind of handled that? Yeah. It, it, and it wasn't from that mentor specifically. It was, <laughs> it, it was from someone else. And I was having kind of, I don't, I don't want to say huge professional issues, but I was, in a, I was in a job that I wasn't wholly happy at. And so I sought out a lot of people to, you know, bounce the conversation and, or have the conversation with, you know, what is my next step look like? Like, how do I kind of pull the, pull the parachute out of here because I am, I'm re I'm really miserable. And, you know, of course, being DC, everyone, everyone had an opinion and there was one person that I, you know, really respect. And they were like, you've got to just hang in there and not leave. You've got these two young kids at home. I was like, but this job is making me physically ill. Like <laughs> I, I can't be here anymore. And they're like, well, it doesn't matter. Like it's going to, going to look bad on your, on your resume. And so that piece of advice, I did not take. Yeah, no. <laughs> and no. I, I didn't tell them that I wasn't going to take it. I was just like, okay, thank you. I, I obviously appreciate that very, very, very much. And, you know, ended up going and quitting that job, you know, a couple of days, <laughs> couple of days later against, against some people's advice. And look, that ended up being the best way for me to handle that, that situation. Yeah. And I think sometimes it feels like a little bit of projection, um, but it's always helpful, I think, to have a number of people advise you. And it sounds like you have always kind of cultivated a group of people to kind of be like, in DC, we call it a kitchen cabinet. Do you have your own kitchen cabinet? I, I, I do. Um, and it's it's part of the network that you kind of kind of pulled together over the years. But it's also folks that I trust have been through some some things, right? Because I know that I don't have nearly all the answers at all. And so I like to, to lean heavily on, on folks. I've, you know, I've done it when I was dissatisfied in jobs. I've done it when I've been transitioning jobs. Um, Cause quite frankly, I hadn't dealt with either of those a, a whole lot in my life. And so I wanted to, I really wanted to lean on folks who had that, that experience. And 
you know, it's great now that I've been through some of that. I can kind of be a sounding board for, for people who are going through similar experiences. Like I've, I had a friend of mine who was, you know, recently un, unhappy in his job. And I was like, look, this is how I handled it. It, and I, I tried to preface it to him. I was like, I'm not saying that there's a one size fit all for, for all of it. I go, but this is how I handled it. And this is how I felt afterwards. Mm-hmm. Take, take this advice for what you will. I was like, I am not going to be mad if you go in the exact opposite direction. Cause I went in the exact opposite direction of <laughs> what some people told me to do. Well, and I, I think it's a really good way that you caveat is like, this isn't, this is not a one size fits all idea, but this is how I've handled it. I appreciate that. And I think I wish more people would kind of do that in DC, but maybe that's for another, another podcast. I don't know. <laughs> oh, we're up to three now. <laughs> we're up to three. Um, but Mark, I think you've kind of touched on an interesting point is, you know, dissatisfaction at work and how to kind of navigate it. I know you have an amazing job right now, but at times, how have you kind of navigated working through kind of jobs that in DC sometimes are pretty nutty with lots of personalities? Yeah, it's it, it's tough. And I've only really had one that just really was dissatisfying, right? And to, to the point where it was physically affecting me, obviously it was emotionally affecting me. And it's it's tough to navigate, especially if you hadn't been in a place of work where you didn't really en- enjoy it. You didn't enjoy your coworkers, right? Like I had always, I don't know, kind of been under a, a lucky star that, you know, since my time in DC, I'd been in, I'd worked for really great bosses and I had really great coworkers. And Oddly enough, I would get promoted from time to time. I still don't know how how that ever <laughs> happened. And look, there, there were some cases where you know I I thought that I was probably reaching some ceilings in some positions, and you know you you start to get a little bit dissatisfied. But then you have to. I think the thing that carries carries me in those situations is I always thought to myself, I will not always be here. Like I know it feels that way right now, but this isn't my end. There's going to be a next step, a next evolution for me. I just have to put into motion and work hard enough to get to that next step. So that that was helpful when I did find myself in a, you know, really wholly dissatis- dissatisfying place. I had to just, I had to finally just exit because I wasn't going to be able to find whatever that next step was for me while still existing kind of in in this space and being run around in circles, not being able to focus on what the next step was was going to be. I. I was like, look, I'm, I'm, I know that I'm changing one stressor for, for another, but at least that stressor is on my terms, not someone else's. It's like mic drop, mic. <laughs> I mean, I think that's like, it's a powerful mindset to be like, I'm not always going to be here. And it also sounds like you have found lessons and applied them like moving forward of like, okay, if I'm at this point, this is kind of how I could move through it. And that I'm not always going to be in this place where someone is going to be causing me stress. So I think that those are really valuable lessons. May you be in DC, may you be in a job that you don't like or, or a relationship or a friendship, whatever it may be. And, and it was, and I remember going through it and some advice that I got from folks during that time was, well, you're going to learn from this experience. And I was like, man, screw y'all. I was like, you, yeah. go, you go through this. Like this is, this is awful. But now in retrospect, it was a, a very meaningful and educational experience, right? Now, would I want to go through that again? Absolutely not. But I learned a ton of stuff kind of going through those difficult situations, right? And I think we can all admit that the greatest amount of personal growth comes from uncomfortable situations, right? And that's one 
one thing I try to tell folks all the time. I was like, when you're in a job and you feel really comfortable in it, then it's probably time to move on to the to the next phase of phase of your life because you're not going to keep kind of pushing and striving for what's next if you're if you're super comfortable. And I've I've been comfortable in in phases yeah. of my career. Well, that comfortability point I think is a really interesting point because I think there's sometimes this idea and I'd be curious your thoughts on it, that you need to get to that point where you're comfortable to be on like this autopilot. I don't know if this is maybe, uh, I think somewhere along the line, we were sold this idea that it, everything needed to be easy. So I think it's a very interesting counterpoint of like, you don't grow when you're comfortable. No, I mean, everyone knows that. Like it, it's professionally, I mean, it's physically right. Like when I think about, so I've done a couple of Ironman triathlons and the greatest kind of gains that you get is when you're you're pushing yourself kind of beyond the the barriers that you can you you cut or the parameters you you put for yourself right that's that's when you gain that much more endurance that's when you gain that much more head strength is when you push kind of past the point that you think you can actually actually do it i think it's as you talk about this i'm kind of flashing back to when you said i i think i was a, a long a lucky star but it sounds like there's been a ton of hard work. So I feel like you're you're selling yourself short by saying you were under a lucky star in a world that I feel like feeds on the easy and the fast and the being comfy. How do you kind of navigate like continuing to like show up authentically as yourself and working hard and being proud of it? Do you find it hard sometimes or you don't know another way? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't really know another way. Look, I've always carried a, a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. I was never the biggest guy. I was never the fastest one. I was never the smartest one. And it took me a while to really em- embrace hard work, right? Like I think growing up, everyone says, hey, I, I worked hard. Sure, maybe, maybe I did. Maybe I, maybe I didn't. But it's definitely something that I, that I strive for now because I'm quite frankly afraid that someone else is going to be out there working harder than me. Yeah. Right. And God, I, I thought that way in, in sports growing up too. Like I was, God, they probably hated having me on, on sport teams because I was such a tryhard. I wasn't very talented at, at all. They're like, why is Mark still running all these sprints? Like we, <laughs> we, we want to be done. I'm, and that, that was just the only way that I knew to, to ever get better. Like that, that was the only way I could be better than anyone else because I definitely did not have the natural ability at, at all. Well, I think that. I think all of us in DC, if I'm being really honest, have some chip on their shoulder of like, I didn't have this right internship or I didn't go to this school that had a feeder or whatever it may be. And I really can empathize with the idea of like working harder because you never want someone to outwork you. But I think it's hard sometimes in navigating like, am I working hard or am I spinning my wheels? That's that's Do you ever... Oh. Do you ever have those moments where you're like, which, where am I at in this yeah. <laughs> pendulum? No, I, I, I definitely feel myself spinning wheels. Uh, we call it motion, not momentum, right? Mm. And so you're just, you're, you're doing a lot of, a lot of spinning around in circles, um, but you're not making a, a whole lot of, lot of headway. And you have to, you have to capture yourself kind of during, during those moments, right? And course correct if you if you can but don't stop i mean look there, there's time to stop and you've got to right you, you definitely need kind of those those mental health checks where you don't want to 
grind yourself into the into the ground and kind of hate your hate your life, right? Like I, I do it so I can provide a better life for my for my family, right? I and progress along this this lucky path that, that that I'm on. I don't like I feel so fortunate to to be doing doing what I'm doing. I don't want to screw it up. Mm. I think like as I'm kind of trying to bring this puppy home, I feel like you've given us a lot of along the way kind of hinted at like life lessons or values that are really important to you. As you think about what it may be mentorship or navigating a career that's uncomfortable or trying to figure out kind of what that next step is and not being in motion versus momentum. What for you kind of helped be that, oh, well, you keep using the star analogy, that North star for you as you kind of work along the way. I mean, what's, what's amazing about DC and what, what I've been fortunate about is there are some hugely motivated people here in town and some of them are my friends and I've been hugely fortunate to have friends that are very, very motivated professionally. And I think if I hadn't been here and been alongside them and see them really strive in their careers, and it's not me so much like being the little brother trying to, trying to keep up, but kind of it, 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 it kind of is right. And it's like, if, if I don't continue to strive, I'm going to get, I, I feel like left behind um, somewhat. And that's, that's a little bit of that chip that still r- r- remains on my, on my shoulder. I feel that deeply. Um, <laughs> but I, I think Mark, I feel like you've given us so many great little nuggets along the way of not being rigid or working hard or embracing that hard work and finding the mentors and actually asking them along the way and, and ensuring that you're just kind of always striving for something new. And I think that this may you be in DC May you not be in DC. You can use these lessons. But before we close it up, Mark, anything you want to leave the listeners with? No, I mean, it's everyone's got unique opportunity in in front of them, right? And I think it's it's everyone's kind of own path to figure out what that is. You know, I just I just God, I had a I had a lunch with a whole bunch of new interns here in town, like like ten of them, and you know, they asked me, "Well, do you need to go to law school? Do you need to do this? Do you need to do that?" I was like, "There's." It's not a one size fits all for for everyone. I was like, you've got to find, you know, the 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 right suit that that fits you. You got to find the, the the right path for yourself. Remain open to it all. Remain open to all the people and all the conversations. I was like, because at the end of the day, you're going to end up probably where you should be, um, as long as you work hard. To it. I was like, look, the the equation is not tough. It's work hard mm-hmm. and be nice to people. I was like, if if you do those two things. I was like, you're going to, you're going to go a long way because look, there are people that work hard in this town, but are huge jerks. Right. And then on the, the Rolodex side, is going, the yeah. Rolodex is going. And then there are people in this town that are super nice, but not super hard workers. Love them, but they're, they're going to stagnate some. I was like, just do, just do, do those two things. And look, the, the cream eventually finds it, finds its way to the top at, at some point. And I don't necessarily th- consider myself cream at, at all, but if you do those two things, you're gonna you're gonna be able to rise rise up further than I I think you you probably thought that you could, right? And you're gonna surprise yourself along the way. Work hard, be nice. That's our our mantra for the day. I hope everyone has enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. Mark, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. 
Oh, I love being here. I look forward to uh, Texas joining the SEC, and then we have uh, that, that podcast. Well, we can talk about that one. I don't know if I want to be nice on that episode. No, <laughs> That's going to be the bad news podcast. <laughs> Go Gators. What a fun way to bring these few episodes home. Mark had some tangible advice for navigating your career, finding mentors, finding your way, and just that amazing reminder to work hard and be nice. Thank you. Thank you, Mark, for joining. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Your Good News podcast. If you liked the episode, please subscribe leave a review, share with someone you know, post on social media. These seemingly little actions can really help this little engine that could, what I refer to as the Your Good News podcast, grow. Also reach out to me. I'm on Instagram. Handle is at Catherine Getty. I'd love, I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love to know what you like to listen to, what you want to hear in the future. And I always share more about myself in the podcast there. As always, tune in next week to another episode of the Your Good News Podcast.